dear Cosmo babies. This week we are going to be talking about where the hell is your money going? This is a question that we get super, super often and that we definitely want to dive into talking about all the money that you pay for upfront for school. Let's break it down and talk about where it's going. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my co-host with me, Russell Mays, and we have a super special co-host co-host with us today, Erin Gray. She is super duper special because she is also my business partner with the Hair Nerds and with Scissor and Moss Social. Welcome, Erin. Hello. Hi. Erin's <laughs> voice Hi. got deep. <laughs> <laughs> A little trick I'm working yes. on. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's so nice to have you on, Miss Erin. I feel like uh, it's a privilege. Yeah, well, because I avoid video like <laughs> plague. So, um, good thing yeah. this is a podcast. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. So, the reason that we really wanted to start off the, our FAQ section of the podcast was because this is a question that we get all the time. Erin and I see this question slide into our DMs from students. I probably at least once a quarter, every couple of months or so, kids are asking us, where's my money going? I paid all this money and I don't know where it's going. And I think that the reason that Aaron is going to be so good at answering this question is because Aaron has spent over a decade in the school systems. She has worked in so many of the top cosmetology schools across the country. She has built advanced academy and curriculum. Uh, what, what have you done? <laughs> And a couple things. Um, well, I think just, yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely worked in quite a few hair schools uh, across the country. So not just in, in one state. Um, and I think that students who ask the question, like, where the hell is my money, um, are usually unhappy students. Mm-hmm. People who do not feel like they are receiving value um, or don't feel like they're receiving the things that they were promised when they signed on that dotted line. Yeah. Um, however, right. I, it's also worth mentioning. It is not cheap to run a cosmetology school and these things don't, they don't just happen. Your instructors don't come to the hair school because, um, they love your face and can't live without it. Like they're, there to pay their bills like it's a job um and while they're i'm sure very very passionate uh they do still expect a paycheck and so i think that it's really important for people to kind of have a scope of what actually goes into running a school um just so that you you know that that they didn't take 20 grand or 25 grand whatever you're paying right now um, and put it in their back pocket. And now they're just, you know, leaving you high and dry. Like there are things that it takes like the school that you're in the physical location. Um, I have been, I have been in spaces with owners that were $20,000, $30,000 a month in rent. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's every single month, keeping the lights on in a 10,000, 20,000 square foot facility, also not cheap water. A, a million water heaters and you know all of the all of the items that are there and provided for you uh your kit you know and some schools some schools provide kind of a basic kit 
Uh, some schools are definitely putting some some money into those kits and you're, you know, you're walking away with Mizutani scissors. So when I went to school, I think I paid around like $23,000 or so. I went to like a pretty like, you know, uppity prestigious private school. So it was a little bit more expensive. Um, Russell, what did you pay for school when you went? The, the first one, <laughs> the second one or the third one? <laughs> Uh, the first one was pretty cheap. I want to say it was fifteen hundred or two grand. The second one was probably about the same, but I didn't finish either one. But the the prestigious school I went to was, I think it was about five thousand dollars. Oh, okay. And but that was, geez, that was thirty four, thirty five years ago. Thanks for making me feel old now. <laughs> Inflation, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I went to school in about. Well, I went to cosmetology school in about 20, 2012. So I don't even remember when mine was. It was so long ago. I've suppressed that era of my career. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably 86, 87, 80. I don't know. Something yeah, 88, something like that. That's when I was around when I was born. Wow, thank you. I feel so good about myself. I have been lying about my age and now it's going to catch up to me. <laughs> you say, you're not 39. I, I celebrate the anniversary of my 39th birthday every year. I don't I age. love it. I don't get I'm going to have to stop. Yeah, yeah. I'm 39 right now and I'm like, oh. I don't know that I'm ready for that big jump. So, so going, going back to you know, where's the money going? I mean, what do you think the top five, you know, expenditures for, for a beauty school is or are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say number one is your facility, uh, just brick and mortar and all of the maintenance um, and mortgages and rents that it take to house, you know, hundred students at any given time uh, with electricity and water. Number two is absolutely your staff. And it's not just, it's not just the instructors that you mm -hmm. see. You've got front desk, you have, you have the people who actually are making the school run. So whoever's doing your job placement, you've got somebody doing social media, you have somebody taking care of your financial aid. And that's those positions are where you really start to get into um, some dollars because you have to pay people who are certified to, to be able to do that, mm -hmm. to do NACIS compliance. And yeah. even, even your admissions people, I mean, that's where part of your tuition goes is the salary to admit other students, you know, yeah. beyond you just to keep, to keep the doors um, open. Uh, yeah. and, and not, not to interrupt here, but you know, when I was yeah. running my own salon, it was always the governmental side of it, the taxes and the licensing and, and the taxes on top of taxes. That right. was the biggest expenditure for me and oh. the biggest pain in the butt to deal with mm -hmm. not knowing how to file stuff. So yeah, those people are worth a lot being able yeah. to file all these things and get grants well, and, and that's stuff how like you that. Financial aid. So if yeah. you if you want that that good government money, um, yeah. you know, or if, if maybe you are eligible for the Pell Grant and you want to find a school that's going to allow you to use that yeah. and to not just write out a check for twenty five grand, then you you have to have those people. But okay. beyond that, you have the people who are helping you find jobs when you leave, who are helping with advanced education programming. You know, like it it really does take your people who are making sure that the state knows that you've been to school 
those 2000 hours or those 1600 hours, depending on your state um, and who helped you set up your state board. Like Mm -hmm. those are all administrative things that have to happen uh, or you're just going to school to play with hair and the state will never recognize you and you'll never be licensed. Um, I would say number three is absolutely going to be like your products, uh, all of, all of the things that you're working with, those like kits that you're getting, um, just all of the tools that are needed to, to maintain the learning experience. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you also have advanced education, not just advanced education for you, the student, but for your instructors, a lot of schools are sending their, sending their staff to, um, you know, different, different learning facilities, making sure that they're staying up on the most current techniques. Um, you know, in some of the, in some of the schools that are more corporate, you guys are going to to different types of events. Um, and all of that costs money. So there's, there's part of like, when you go to a restaurant and you go to the buffet, right? The buffet offers, you know, the, the black eyed peas and the mashed potatoes and the, the macaroni and cheese and the fried chicken and, and all my You're favorite You're at a buffet stuff. in the South. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, well, I haven't been to one since Kentucky. So, okay. uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I have all these options. So it would only behoove me that if I pay 20 bucks to eat at the buffet, that I eat everything that they're offering. And if I choose to not eat something, that doesn't mean that I get to pay less. I still have to pay to cover all the stuff. Even if I'm vegetarian, I'm not going to eat the chicken. Right. So Well, and like I said earlier, I think that students who are asking the question, like, where's my money? Are people who are not taking advantage of mm. every single thing their school has to offer. You're you absolutely. can absolutely get even even out of the most mediocre school, you can find twenty thousand dollars worth of value. It, you have to look for it, you know, and you have to show up, and you've got to be there, and you have to make the most of your experience. So, how do we change the mindset of the grumpy Russell who's in school and thinks, "Where is all my money going?" <laughs> how does grumpy Russell come in the next day and say, "Okay"? I'm going to take advantage of this. I think Grumpy Russell has to look at it like the buffet. I think that that's yeah. such a great analogy because it's like, I'm at the buffet. I'm going to have four desserts, right? So I'm going mm-hmm. to do it all. I'm going to try it all. And again, I think it's really just taking ownership of that experience um, and knowing that it's, it's one year. You've got one year to really get everything you can from this school. And, and then they send you out into the world. Yeah. And they're not there anymore, you know? So you've got, you've got a year to really immerse yourself. So and- while I'm at school, you know, I've got a limited amount of time. What do I need to focus on and take advantage of while I'm at school that I can't do once I get out in the real world? I think that you have to be an Annie while you're in okay. school. <laughs> and I'm going to toot my own horn because you yes. know what? I went back to school when I was 26 to get my cosmetology license. I did every fucking thing that was available to me. I entered every competition, whether I sucked at it or not was a different question, but did I do it? And did I push myself on those boundaries to figure out, is that something I like, or is that something I do not like? And I took advantage of every single opportunity. Not all of them were cheap. Some of them I had to pay for and I had to ask my, my family for help. I had to, you know, do some $5 kitchen haircuts to make sure that I could pay to enter XYZ competition and this and that. But I 
I did everything. I made sure that if there was a, an available class that I could go to on a weekend, I figured it out. And you know who I got with? Erin. And that's oh. why she became my bestie after yeah. school because yeah. I would go to her and I'd sit at her desk and I'd be like, what can I do? What mm -hmm. can I do to push my boundaries and to make sure that I am taking advantage of everything because I this is my last chance. And that was the mindset I had of like, no. I'm older. This is difficult. I want to get through this. This is not an opportunity I'm about to waste. Mm -hmm. And I figured it and out. And you wanted to make it a it. career. Mm -hmm. I did. So I think that some of, some of the things that Annie did, um, Annie was really good about, she was really good about entering competitions that she and her vegan, um, you know, it's like, well, I was having a competition. Um, mm -hmm. She knows, but she also asked me like, Hey, what's coming up? What could I go to? So it wasn't just the classes that I was like the advanced education I was putting together for the school that she could come to. She wanted to know, you know, was there going to be a hair show close? Was some, was there a salon that was doing education? Did I know about like maybe um, other classes that she could go to? Uh, but the biggest thing that I think that Annie did was she showed up to school. Yeah. Every day. School. <laughs> um, and that's, that's the number one thing. And that's the thing that is so hard, you know, and when Annie came, she was, she was still working an almost full-time job in the evenings. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not fun when you get off late and you're tired, you know, and you don't really want to get up and go clock in, but she came, she came every day that, that we were open. Um, mm -hmm. and so she didn't get behind on the education. She, she always knew what was going on, um, and wanted to go and take everything, even, even when it meant, you know, working extra shifts to be able to pay for a trip. Um, you know, we to go to like the ISSC show in Long Beach or to go to Naha or to go to Norbay show or kind of what was that, whatever was going on. Um, she figured out a way to do it, but was also really interested in like online, you know, online education was just kind of coming out then. Um, she was listening to versions of what podcasts are now, um, <laughs> you know, and interacting <laughs> and I mean, and truly like stopping the artists that she wanted to work with and be yeah. like, uh, but, she, but she would come to, you know, the person at the school who happened to be me and say, what, what next, what do I do next? What else can I do? Um, and I think, I think like, that's the hair nerd attitude, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the hair nerd student. That's the student. Mm -hmm who is um, very, very passionate and, and remains passionate 10, 12, 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think that's the number one thing is like Aaron said, go to school, show up. <laughs> like I did everything to make sure that I got out of there. I got out of there 10 months. I was not trying to hang out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I did it all. I took advantage of every single thing and got my money's worth yeah the, the first two schools that i went to so embarrassing but <laughs> i was such a bum i didn't want to go i hardly showed up and so of course i got spun out and it just didn't work out but then when i finally went to you know roy's the fancy one mm -hmm. i went <laughs> literally every day you know yep. and, and you know you had to show up like i think school started at eight and if you yep. were i think it was eight 10 or, or 8 11 or they give you like a leeway of five minutes or 10 minutes if you showed up at if it was five minutes 806 you can't go to school you're out uh -huh. Uh -huh. you have to be there at eight yeah. o'clock or maybe it was 
801. I, I don't remember. They were very, very strict about that. And it only and takes you a have couple like three of minutes. Times. Is that right? We had three minutes and there would be lines trying to clock in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were it's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I so like, I get here a little finished. earlier, ladies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. they would, I mean, I don't care if you drove 45 minutes to school, like they'd send their ass home. Like yeah. they were oh, like, yeah. now yeah. back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you know, at that time, I, I mean, there were, I, I was living the, uh, what I called uh, the alternative lifestyle, meaning that alternating nights I would sleep. Okay. So one night I would sleep, the next night I'd stay up all night, go through the next day, the next night I'd sleep, and then I'd go out all night, the next night. And this is from a guy who never drinks, never drank at the time, never been high, never did any drugs. I'm just hanging out and just shooting the breeze and playing Atari. (laughs) Do you know what that is, an Atari? Yes, (laughs) I had one as a child. (laughs) The the original Nintendo with Mario, you know, oh my gosh, it was a brilliant thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad, uh, he gave me the motivation I needed. He said, look, when you go out and you stay out all night and you're going into school, you're going into work the next day, it just feels like you're going to die. You're not really going to die. It just feels (laughs) like it. (laughs) So suck it up. Yeah. Go, mush, go. (laughs) Yeah. Like, thanks, Dad. That's funny. So so we're we're talking a lot about schools that have a cost around 20 to 25,000. Russell and I have talked in past podcasts about how there are different tiers of schools, how you have like your lower end schools that are a lot cheaper. You have your like medium style, and then you have your more like your little high-end elite schools that are around, you know, the $25,000 range. So this, let's say somebody is at one of these lower end schools where Mm -hmm. for a school that's running at around maybe 10 to $12,000. Yeah. Yeah. And How? you're getting bare basics, right? Like you're, yeah, so you're there to get your license. Like? Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I would encourage a student to invest in, um, you know, maybe a bridge program, right. It's going to take them from, yeah. from school where they're, where they're really, I mean, they're there to just get their license. This is a, this is a down and dirty, get in, get out kind of program, you know, and, and, mm-hmm those are okay. Like those are absolutely yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I, you're going to need to invest in yourself that 12 or $13,000 that you save, um, take God, you could take a thousand dollars and make a real difference in your life. Um, over the next two or three years, literally so many of these programs are nine ninety five a month, you know, yep. $19 hell Sassoon yep. online. You can get for nineteen ninety five a month and learn yep. the entire ABC's cutting course and mm-hmm. the ABC plus. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you can do Elevation H, you could do the Nick Berardi classes, you can do the SR Hair Society classes. There are so many and they are, they're $10 a month and you can learn in the evenings. You can, and I also think that so many of them are really built with some of them. There are some of them that are really built with the cosmetology student in mind and taking them mm-hmm. from, you know, here I am with a thousand hours and I've got a, a pretty good base and knowledge of how to do it. I'm going to really learn how to do a bob, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to really learn to do some of these precision cuts. I'm going to, I'm going to really figure out the shag and I'm going to learn to use the razor. Um, and, and they'll take you all the way through and they'll take you through color theory. And so the things that you're maybe missing or not getting advanced education on in school, I mean, God, we live in a world where it is so easy 
to get advanced education now. And it's affordable and available to everybody. I mean, you can do it on your phone, on your phone with a mannequin head, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I absolutely think that we live in a world right now where even, even if you're going to a school that you're like, oh my gosh, how, how is this even a thing? Um, you, you can be an elite stylist, like depending on the state you live in, um, you can ask your school about setting up an externing program where you can get 10% of your hours in salon with different, um, different school owners that will let you shadow. And, and, you know, there are certain things you can do again, depending on your state. Um, but I think that's a really great way to kind of like get out there too. If you're, if you're in a school where you're just like, this is, this is not the business. I think that there is, there might be, correct me if I'm wrong, there might be a misconception that when I go to beauty school, it's going to teach me how to be the world's greatest haircutter. But I think that people don't take into account the fact that they have to teach them sanitation and sterilization, skin diseases, what lice looks like, you know, how to deal with all these different hangnails and this nail and that nail. And 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 the state mandates that. Every yes. school in that state, yes. I, I don't care where you go, yes. every school in the state that you're at, you, you have to learn the exact same number of modalities yep. and the exact same number of hours in every In day. order to pass the state board, which guarantees yes. a certain level of safety for the mm-hmm. consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's not enough hours that they're going to school in order to be a completely well-versed and educated hair cutter or stylist or colorist coming out of beauty school. I mean, I think personally, I look at, the beginning of everyone's careers, the first four years of your career are like college. The first year is beauty school. The next three years, you're going to be apprenticing and be on the floor for a year would be the optimal old school way of doing it. You go to school, then you assist and you assist, and then you get your chair. And that's four years of college right there in education because there's a hands-on component. There's a personality component. There's an interpersonal component. And then there's a skill component. And you can't teach all of those in, in eight to 10, 12 months at beauty school. No. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and I think that that's why a lot of students uh, leave school and immediately yeah. DM us and say, holy shit. I learned nothing. I, yeah. I learned absolutely yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's always yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> not a single <laughs> damn thing. I know what nice looks like. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I do not feel prepared to yeah. work behind the chair. And I'm terrified to even take my board because yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really a, a communication issue, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that, I think that schools, there's so many schools mm-hmm. and there's only so many people who want to go to them. And it's so competitive for schools to fill classes now that they're not managing the expectations mm-hmm. of newer stylists, you yeah. know? And so to get you to sign on that dotted line, you're getting a lot of like, well, yeah, you can absolutely open a salon as soon as you graduate. You're totally going to know how to do everything. And of course, you're going to go to LA and do like celebrity hair. Like yes. when I was yes. in the schools, I would ask them day one, like, okay, what's your name? Where are you from? And why are you here? And every single person was like, I'm going to be the no, best cosmopologist I can possibly be. <laughs> I yes. want to make people feel beautiful. And also I'm going to open a salon as soon as I graduate or, you know, move to LA and like just do movie stars. Well, that's great. But, you know, there's 1800 steps in between it. And so I think, I think people are, people are being sold a dream yeah. um, as opposed to reality. Mm. And that for me is, um, 
I think that's where most of our issues in the industry with this like younger generation start is that mm. we're not we're not giving people a clear expectation of what the next four years are going to look like. Yeah. We're yeah. selling them on like, you're gonna graduate, we're gonna throw confetti, you're gonna pay your loans. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then you're gonna go be a millionaire. Yeah. And that's gonna be great. Yeah. And you're gonna yeah. know everything and you never have to learn again. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not that's not this industry. No, that's no. not this industry. No. It's not. Sometimes it's on indie industry, you know? <laughs> like I don't care, I don't care what you're doing. You don't leave after, you know, nine or ten months, like just totally like you're the master you're the master really? of that situation so yeah what i what i do find interesting and um i hope this isn't taken the wrong way or taken out of context but the people that dm us the most about especially the unhappy ones who are asking us questions like this like where's my money going or you know any any of these questions that we get in our dms um they are from students that are going to these more higher end schools. And the reason that I bring that up, that I find it so interesting. And do we love getting these DMS? Absolutely. Like always DM us, slide in our DMS, ask your questions. Like we love it because, and we do respond. Um, we try our best to communicate back. Um, but what I find so interesting about it is that when we, when we look at the profiles or look at the schools that these kids are DMing us from, they, they're, nicer schools. They're, they're higher end schools. They're more expensive schools, corporate schools, a lot of corporate schools. I, I a lot of that's the probably the common denominator. They are absolutely. Mm -hmm. But what, but the reason I find it interesting is that they know well enough to have found our account, the hair nerds on Instagram, follow us, like us, share us, thehairnerds.com. <laughs> um, they, they have known well enough to be able to find that account to DM us. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the reason that these kids who are going to cheaper schools or, or community college courses for cosmetology programs, um, or, you know, these, these lower end schools, which may or not be actually yeah. lower end, they're yeah. just less expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, they maybe not have been taught the same things or been taught as much to know or find our account to be able to DM us about it. And I think that that's a testament to you are learning something. You're learning something more than somebody going to one of these, you know, quote, lower end schools, because they were at least teaching you how to find trade media and how to reach out to us and how to look on Instagram and use social. And so it's like there, it is interesting to me that it's like, even though sometimes these kids come to us really upset about things. You were taught something because you were able to find us in the first place. Well, maybe it's a, a perception issue is that, mm -hmm. oh, if I'm going to go to, you know, the Harvard of hair and I'm going to pay 35 grand when I get out in 10 months, I should be the king of, you know, of New York. I should mm -hmm. be able to go do all these things. And, but then when they do graduate, they know deep down, I don't have the skills to go do what I want to do or to exactly. get where I need to go because I just jacked up my mom's haircut yesterday and now she won't talk to me. So, <laughs> But, you know, it's a perceptional thing. So you still yeah. need the time in serve to get the experience in order to have those hand skills and the personal skills that go along mm -hmm. with it, regardless of what school you go to. 
Absolutely. Just because I go to high end doesn't mean that I'm instantly going to get out and be perfect. Whereas if I was to go to a vocational school, then I still got training. No, it's the same mm-hmm. training across the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's just where the perception issue comes in because they, you know, they think like, oh, well, I could have paid $10,000 for yeah. the same education, mm-hmm. but yeah. already you are a, a step above because you have already been taught things about this industry that goes beyond just being behind the chair. You know, you've been taught social media, you've been taught about trade media in the industry, you've been taught about, you know, something else because they're, you've been taught more than what you would have gotten otherwise. Right. Right. I think there are two things there. Um, I think that in a larger corporate school to, to what you're saying, Annie, there's more staffing. You have a student services coordinator. You have a job placement person. Um, you have all of those things. And so you have people who are uh, well-versed in the industry and can and can point you to um, other solutions, right? People who yeah. their whole job is to help you find your way, right? And you don't necessarily have that in the school where there's three instructors and the owner's one of them, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think... It, can be very dangerous uh, for people who are looking at schools is to think that the brand recognition of a school, a corporate school, right? Um, that that means they their personal brand will then be recognized in that manner. Just because you went to, I don't care what school you went to, um, if you didn't go to class and you didn't bother to learn, you're still gonna be a crappy hairdresser. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I think that I think that while you have there are more luxuries in a larger school, again, the hours that are devoted to certain items are still going to be the same. Um, That is not to say that in these higher end schools, they do not have I mean, they have these incredible curriculums that they have spent millions of dollars on, you know, and and I mean, they're it's laid out really well. It's laid out really well. But just mm-hmm. remember, just because just because your parents are familiar, you know, with a shampoo or or you know, a figurehead of a school does not mean that when you leave school, um, you are that person. You are not that person. You exactly. are still you. You are still you. So. Yeah, there's still hours that need to be served. If I can see the curriculum, the book or the video or whatever, and it's showing me how to do a one like Bob until I get my hands in the hair and start uh-huh. combing it and then cutting it and saying, that doesn't look like what they just did on the video. And yet I did exactly uh-huh. the same thing. Uh-huh. Well, no, you didn't do exactly the same thing because you're missing all the little things that go along with it. you get the broad stroke, but you don't right. get the detail. The yeah. only way you get that detail is by time spent. I can uh-huh. show you, but I can't make you know it internally until you do it several hundred times yeah absolutely and, I, and going back to um what you were mentioning about the online education miss aaron is that a lot of times people will go on and watch and that becomes their entertainment they just uh-huh. go on and they're entertained to watch someone that's really good cut hair until they sit down with a doll head and follow it step by step while the video is going on and pause it then it's really going to do nothing more than just entertain it. Maybe it will Uh open their mind and give them like a a few steps along the way and they'll improve 10%. But if they want to improve 100%, 50%, 70%, whatever, they have to do the steps and the process along the way. 
So mm-hmm. if you're going to do online education, I would encourage you to go buy you a mannequin head and a, not a cheap synthetic one. Get one with real human hair and get you some decent scissors and go through and do it step by step by step and yep. start with the long ones first. Don't instantly start with some right. asymmetrical crop <laughs> pixie. You know, start with the long ones and do it over and over and over. One of the things that, that uh, to go off on a tangent here, because that, that's my middle name is tangent. Uh, <laughs> when I was learning, what I would do is I would go through, and I learned this from one of my mentors, John Delaria, RIP, is I would go through and I would do the haircut. And then I would, after I finished the haircut, I would instantly wash it and go back and do the exact same haircut at exactly the same length, not cutting it any shorter, but exactly the same length. So it would teach me to cut online. And then as I'm going and get a better feel for it, I see the subtle mistakes that I made that start to get compounded as the shape starts to get built. And I would go through and do that two or three times on the same haircut before I would move to the next one. So repetition is the mother of skill. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, gosh, you could, you can really get, get your, yes. your one more bang for your buck. Uh, Absolutely. Man- mannequin wise maybe that should be my middle name now bang bang for the buck russell bang, bang for the, for the buck days. <laughs> like uh, yeah i like it so i think another thing to touch on is if you were in this place and you're asking yourself like where the hell is all my money going and you're still a student and you're in school or let's say you even graduated within the last six months to a year and you're like what did i spend all that money on The thing that I think people forget a lot is, especially at a larger corporate school, if a school took financial aid in any kind of way, there has to be alumni services available. And that's actually kind of what Erin did a little bit in her job when she worked in a school. So what does alumni services look like? Um, it can look like a lot of things. I, I would say that one of one of the DMs that we get pretty frequently um, are students who don't feel prepared for their state boards. Maybe they took their state board class, you know, months ago. The testing has been a little wonky with, you know, the way government agencies have been shut down. Um, and I always encourage them to reach back out to the school, let them know, hey, I don't feel prepared for this state board test. This is my date. Can I come back in and retake that class? I, I've never heard of a school telling them no. Um, schools stay open and are able to take government funding based on their passing rate and their placement rate. And so those two things have to maintain a certain level for them to keep taking money. Um, and so they are highly invested in you passing your state board with flying colors, getting licensed, and then finding a job and becoming gainfully employed because that is how you pay your student loans. So I, I would, number one, say, if you are concerned about your state board test, um, absolutely reach out to your school. I have, I have heard of students who have reached, who maybe went to like a lower end school um, and they just were not at all prepared and they reached out to a corporate school or they reached out to one of these like larger, more prestigious family owned schools. And, you know, for a hundred bucks or whatever, they've let them come in um, and, and take classes. So there are options there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, if you, if you went to, if you went to a school that takes financial aid, uh, so you filled out a FAFSA, again, they are invested in you finding a job. 
Um, and so there's always going to be placement services. In fact, there have to be placement services uh, to maintain our accreditation. So uh, what does that mean, placement services? Well, it can mean a lot of things at a lot of different schools. Like some schools have amazing people who are um, helping in alumni services and some people don't. Um, and so sometimes it's just like a Facebook group where like they'll like randomly post, you know, like Great Clips is hiring, Euro's hiring. Um, if you want to work at Massage Envy, there looks like they're hiring too. And you might have a couple of leads. However, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And so call, call the school make an appointment, show up. Like if you are at someone's desk, they're going to help you because they don't want you to be at their desk anymore. Right. Like <laughs> they're going to help you find something. Uh, that was not the case uh, with you, Annie. I <laughs> wasn't just helping you to scoot you away. Um, but it's like, you've got work to do. You know what I mean? Like you've got things happening to you. You've got a hundred students to take care of. Um, mm -hmm. if you are working in placement, you are constantly calling salons. Um, you know, and so they should have a list of people. They should also have a list of salons that they are, you know, not partnering with, but that they're close to people who, who they do place those students who, you know, um, if you're looking for an assisting program, talking to them about those things, but also like homerooms. Um, I think when you're a student are such a great way to gain those outside resources for when you're an alumni, talk to the salon owners who are coming in, get their, mm -hmm. follow them on Instagram, DM them throughout, you know, the time that you're in school. Um, and then I think always just remember at the end of the day with schools, um, you're the customer, you're the school's client. And not that they work for you, but they are required to help you because they took money in exchange for that education and help. And so I think you just have to remember um, that when you go to someone and you ask them in a really genuine kind of humbled way, like I'm struggling with this, can you please help me? 99% of the time, you're going to find the resources that you need. Just don't be an asshole. Well, well, a lot of times, I mean, yes, the school is there to help, but there has to be a certain amount of self-motivation to go and do it. And yes, I'm afraid. Yes, I don't feel prepared. That's normal. Everybody who went to beauty school felt the same way. Right. You know, so you're not going to feel prepared. You're not going to feel like you know everything because you don't. So you go into a situation where the expectations are lowered. And then whether that be a quick service salon or you go into an apprentice program and there's the, the beauty school has connections in all of those. So just go and make the effort. Even if you were to just go walk in to every salon in your town and, and do the resume. We talked about this before in another podcast. Have your resume prepared. Look prepared. Go in and just meet everybody. I mean, that takes you miles towards, mm -hmm. you know, you gaining a career. So it's amazing what a little personal responsibility does in the big picture of your career. Well, I mean, Beyonce isn't going to call you the day you graduate and say, oh my God, I've, I've been waiting. Like, are you ready to go on tour with me? Well, We're so thrilled well, that you graduated. Yeah. Like, come, come yeah. aboard, you know? She called I mean, me, but I, I overpriced myself and she's like, no, I can't afford that. But you so. learn, right? You, have to, you <laughs> yeah. learn. You yeah. Learn. yeah. <laughs> lower, lower, you know, my price a little bit just to get in and then, you know, to the moon. Right. Now Absolutely. is is there a like a I don't know like a limit for how like actually distance wise how far a school will help a student? Like let's say like 
like Aaron, you live in Northern California and a student, let's say goes to school there and they want to eventually get into LA. They want to work in the movies. They want to work with celebrities. Is there a, a physical distance limit that schools should or should not try to help with? I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, there certainly has never been in any school that I've ever been in um, because you want, as a, as a school, you want your students to do well, right? Like you want to be able to tell what's a better admissions, you know, asset than, than you know, Claire Cosmo who graduated now and now she's on tour, right? Mm-hmm. So, so no, there, there shouldn't be a limit. Um, again, it depends on the people that you're working with. Um, I would say that if you have aspirations of, of leaving and going, especially to LA or doing anything in, um, in theater or movies, you need to reach out to people on Instagram who are currently doing that. Um, Dean Banowitz just started a really great class that literally shows you the framework mm-hmm. for how, how to, how to join the union and how to work backstage. I mean, and he's done every show ever. Um, and you know, it's like six degrees of separation with Dean Banowitz, um, in the industry. And so there are, there are resources for that. Um, some schools will, depending on their language, um, in their, you know, in their guidelines, uh, there'll be a time limit though. You know, we, we help place you for the first five years. Some schools will say for the, for the lifetime of the school. So when, when I was working in this particular position, um, I mean, I would have students who would call and they would say like, oh, I graduated in like 83 because this school had been open for a very long time. I graduated in 83. Um, and I, you know, I did it for 15 years, had my kids, but I want to get back into it. Okay. And I would start looking, you know, and we would start looking together to find what was going to be um, a really good fit. Mm. So it didn't matter that that person had graduated, you know, 30 years prior. Um, we, we absolutely helped place. And it, and it should be like that. I, I think as long as the school's open, you should always be able to go back. Once a student, always a student. That's been, um, the philosophy at every school I've ever been at. Um, I, I will tell you that I've only ever, I have worked exclusively in, um, family owned prestige schools because that is where I always felt, um, I was of best use. And so, uh, again, check, check with your coordinators, check with, you know, check with your, your staff to find out how, how long do you have alumni assistance? And is it more than a Facebook or an email? Can you schedule an appointment? Um, mm-hmm. you know, those are, those are things, but I, I've not seen a school tell a student no ever. You know, it goes, it goes back to competence and, and, the reach of the the person that you're asking to help you. I mean, Mm -hmm. the first goal of you going to beauty school is I got to learn what it takes to pass state board. You know, while you're in school, you can also work on the second goal, which is to gain competence. And gaining competence is not only just a technical thing, it's a personal thing. So Mm -hmm. once you gain competence, competent people are always looking for competent help. They're not looking for slackers. So if you're competent at what you're doing and you come to ask me, say, hey, do you know anyone that works in Hollywood? As a matter of fact, I do. Mm-hmm. Are you competent at what you're doing so that you don't make me look bad for suggesting you? And if I'll call up my friend and say, hey, 
I know you're working on this. I got somebody here that's dying to get in. Would you give them a shot or talk to them? Maybe mm-hmm. give them some pointers. And if they if we have a good relationship, of course, they're going to say, absolutely. Send them up to talk to me because mm-hmm. they know I will vet them. So that's only going to come after competence. And, and that requires time and effort and diligence and training and practice. So, yes, school prepares you to pass state board. They give you the tools that you'll need. But that's not all. The missing component is you and your competence and your diligence to learn how to use those tools and to use mm-hmm. those resources in order to find your own success. I'm, I'll get off my soapbox now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that that's so brilliant. I mean, I think that I think that that's why I think that's why we always, always, always suggest a bridge program. Like you yeah. need something to take you from point A to Z, you know, and and you only get so far in school. Um, and I think the rest is on you. And you Absolutely. can blame your school. Um, and you can, you can blame your money rubbing, you know, owners who are, you know, fucking <laughs> take all my money. Yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Putting me in debt. Gold coins. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know what? There are some, there absolutely are some school owners who, um, who that that's the situation. But at the end of the day, even at those schools, um, you can walk away with a really incredible career. And it, it, it's you. How, how, how bad do you want this? Absolutely. Just to kind of touch on what Russell was just saying about like Mm -hmm. the competence and and everything else in that particular situation. The other thing that you absolutely need today is a very healthy, robust social media presence, because if somebody is going to vet you and to then to tell you like to, to move you, pass you along to their friend or, or, the person that they know, you're going to need to have a really solid social media presence because not only is it going to be based off of the word of that person, the first thing they're going to do mm-hmm. is check your social media. And if you do not have a good social media presence, please follow us, Scissor and Moss Social on Instagram. Um, we have courses available to help with your social media presence. We also put a lot of information just on our Instagram account as well. Um, but but it's, it's absolutely needed today. It, it can't be... Agreed. just the competence you have to show the competence also well the competence can get you there but it's going to be the slow boat yeah the 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 marketing (laughs) aspect of a good social media program will will add rocket fuel to your career you can do it the slow way you know and that's that's hard it's it takes a grind but if you can Mm -hmm. add a good social media account to it oh baby then the, the the moon is the whatever you want whatever you want it's oh, baby. <laughs> everything you want is there waiting on the ground so my last question just to kind of round everything out of what we've been talking about yeah um with the let's say somebody is going to a school and they're they're their person that is supposed to help them with this alumni services, helping with job placement, all of that. Let's say that they're not very competent at their job. What would be the tip you would give someone, Aaron, who is just striking out big time? Nobody is, is doing it right because there definitely are some schools out there that are not. Um, what would be your advice to them? Uh, for placement or for education? For placement. Okay, for placement. Uh, Instagram is your very best friend. I think that you need to look at, you know, if you live in Phoenix, Phoenix Salon, check out that hashtag, follow it, make sure that you are finding salons um, and vetting them yourself. 
places that you think you might want to work. And then you have, you're going to have to put your big girl pants on and really take matters into your own hands. Um, and you're going to have to reach out yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or find people. Maybe you have friends who went to school or your hairdresser, which is how I think half of us got into the industry, right? Like yeah. having your hairdresser at 13 or whatever. Um, it, you're, you're going to have to look, you have to look. Um, if there are classes in your area that you can go to and get a feel for what those salons are actually teaching, um, you know, and, and you can walk in, I mean, you absolutely can walk in, but I would definitely always suggest to, um, reach out through social first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, have a great social media account so that they look at you and they see you're serious, mm-hmm. you know, and you look like someone who might fit into their salon. That is a profile that they will engage with and help. Um, as opposed to, you know, it's pictures of you at the club, unless they're a club salon, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> yeah, make sure that, make sure you fit their vibe and then you got to do research, do your research on them. Well, we have come to the end of yet another brilliant podcast. We'd like to thank uh, Ms. Aaron for coming on and give us some insight on the running of a school and how expensive it is and where our money's actually going. And also for the discussion on what it really takes to transition out of beauty school into a successful career. So I am Russell Mays and my co-host is Annie MacArthur. And thank you, Miss Aaron. <laughs> and we will see you next time. So please give us a review on Apple iTunes and on Spotify podcast, and we will see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye, Aaron. Bye. <laughs>